Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. What is leverage, you ask? It's a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively because they need you just as much as you need them. That's a big difference from having your hat in your hand and trying to get everybody to believe in your potential when you come to the table with a reputation, with a cash flow, with actual results that they can see that are tangible. That's where you're going to get that label deal. That's where you're going to get that manager. That's where you're going to get the better co-writes. That's where you're going to get the uh, booking agent. So that's why we called this the CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. And the wordsmith, the cunning linguist, the master of many tongues, Mr. Brent Baxter came up with that. He's my co-host and my good friend. Brent is also an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on the regular basis, he'll connect you with the pros. You get your shot to create a relationship you can find Brent very easy at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their indie artists by making them discoverable. They've created multiple tour opportunities, and through the power of digital marketing data, they've attracted a number of investors for their artists. How they attract those investors? Well, the investors know that the numbers don't lie because the numbers can't talk. So you can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. And there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm in need of caffeine. You're in need of caffeine. I'm doing all right. One of those days. (laughs) It is one of those lives. It has been a crazy start to the year. Let me tell you, Um, it is uh, absolute bananas. uh, uh, But uh, I'm excited about one thing. What's that? I'm going to be riding with my Lonely Highway boys. I am. We were just talking about that off air. And uh, yeah, that's coming up. That's coming up soon. So I'm excited about it. I've been hearing yeah. good things. You've been bragging on So boys, if you're listening, John's been saying good things about you. <laughs> that's right. These guys I'm, got I'm working on growing my beard out. I'm working on not shaving so I fit in. <laughs> you really got to look like somewhere between ZZ Top and Homeless. <laughs> 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 there we go. I'm working on, I'm working on all that. So. <laughs> but uh, I'm just real proud of those boys, man. They've been doing a killer job in the studio, stepping up. I mean, <clears throat> it is, um, there is a vast, vast uh, canyon between pressing record and, and recording music and knowing how to make records. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, and a lot of people don't make it across that canyon, you know? Heck, I can press record. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> anybody can. Yeah. Uh, but you know, arrangements and structures and all this stuff on, on, uh, you know, the, the, the accoutrement that you put to, uh, a good song is everything. It's, it's the mm-hmm. difference. And, and having, uh, some artists that are willing to come in the studio and play in the sandbox mm-hmm. and, uh, and go down that road and try it out knowing that, Hey, you know, we're, it's just, I tell them like, it's just like cooking spaghetti, man. We, we throw it against the wall. If it don't stick, we keep cooking. <laughs> uh, that's but, you know, that, it kind of reminds me of um, what we talked about uh, last episode on my episode about how the music business is a recommendation business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I bumped into them at your office, but it's your recommendation that's getting me in the room with them. The way you're talking them up, it's not them talking themselves up. Yeah, it's that's right. You're talking about their work ethic. 
and yeah. the talent and seeing that they're doing the things to be successful. It's yeah. not just work ethic. I mean, it's not just a talent. It's also like, you're like, yeah, man, they're doing what I'm talking about and we're getting results. So yeah, so much more talent. Like, let's just share a little bit of that. Like, like it's so much more than talent. These guys got killer songs. They got killer vocals. That's the talent. Right. Well, their songs are about to get better, Johnny. <clears throat> yes, they are. And but, you know what? it's their willingness to um, to be vulnerable and step into the uncomfortable zone. Right. Mm-hmm. So these guys have been playing. We've been in the studio in the last six or seven days. We've been in the studio three days. That's a 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. call. Mm-hmm. And they're playing 10 to 2 every night, uh, six days in a row. Right. So they're especially yesterday. They were feeling it. I mean, yeah. They're thrashed, you know, they're zombies, but they're like, okay, let's, let's time to make the donuts, you know, like we got to go to work. And <clears throat> so you've got that going on and we're, we're getting there. We're digging around in the arrangements and they have a lot of the same problems that every young uh, musician has, you know, it, it's, 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 it's more sure than death and taxes that <laughs> a young musician is going until they're told until they learn right? That about space and that mm-hmm. less is more and what right. that really means more than a phrase that, you know, your producer tells you and you just have to listen to them until they really uh, understand that. But they, you have to go be vulnerable. You have to go out on a limb and try something that's uncomfortable because you're not used to doing it and think about it a different way than you're used to thinking about it and then come back in and listen and decide for yourself, is that better or yeah. not? And, uh, but you've got to be vulnerable, right? You've got to, you've got to be willing to go do something that you haven't done night after night after night after night and screw it up in front of people that you respect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what, I, that's, that's the grit, right? That's the stuff right there. That's the stuff that really makes it worthwhile was, uh, for that. I'm just super proud of them for that. Like, uh, we just had so many breakthroughs in the studio with those guys and, and they just played right along. It made sense to them. And then when they heard, when they listened back and they're just like, Oh, this just went to another level, you know, yeah. same song went yeah. to another level. Like, same players. Yeah, same player. And they get it. It's like, instead of, and we're, and we're making choices now. We're making, not only are we making choices and we're agreeing to try this or that and just, you know, give it a shot, but then they're executing those choices really, really well. Mm. And, and that's the thing. That's a lot about like songwriting too, is you get to a certain level, you're, you're pretty good at putting words and melodies together. Now you, now you got to start making the smart choices that are going to help you communicate and hit the target you want to reach. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you reach a certain skill level. And then it's about making the wisest choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's what we tell them too. Like, hey, we're just making choices here. Right? This doesn't have to be the right, not necessarily the right choice. Mm-hmm. But let's go down this road. Let's try it. Let's play it. Let's see how everybody feels. You know. And I mean, I respect the fire out of these boys. Like, I'm, I'm asking them, you guys feeling this? You feeling this? Every single one of them. You know? Mm-hmm. Did you like that? Did you feel it was better? Yeah. Okay. All right. And if not, they're gonna push back. You know, yeah. push back. What else we got? What else you want to do? So, cool. but it just, it, it made the message clearer. Well, cool thing about that too, and not to make this a lonely highway show, but um, when guys or girls or whoever will dig in with you and, and play in the sandbox and are coachable and it's like, yeah, I'll try it. And they'll push back and they have their own opinions, and, but they're in, engaged with that dance with you, but they're giving you their best. What yeah. does that encourage you to do? It encourages you to give them your best and to make your best better. Yeah. You know, they yeah. were just whatever you say, I'm just going to blow it off and do what I want to do. Cause I know everything. How hard are you going to keep on trying to up their game? You're not It's beating your head against the wall. Eventually you stop hitting your head against the wall. Cause 
your head's going to give up before the wall does. <laughs> yeah. And so they're getting the best out of you. They're getting the best out of the guys and the other guys in the studio, the engineer, the, all that stuff, because everyone's in it for the work and to get better. And we're all working together. And I think that's, that's a smart thing too, right? They're pulling the best out of you. I think that's the hardest thing to do. It's easy to have talent if you got talent, right? Because you got yeah, it. You got it. <laughs> um, but it turned into like the, these sessions are like a tornado of like awesomeness, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to go deeper down just because this is an artist thing, right? This is a, if, and again, I always, when I say artists, I think of songwriters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're artists. They're, 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 they're beautiful. Like it, you have to go down that road and be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You have to say, okay, I don't know what he's doing here. Because if I did, I'd be doing it. Right. right yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to go trust. Right. Got to trust mm-hmm. and then go down and try to uh, play in the sandbox. Try to deliver 150 percent. Don't be cynical. Don't be second guessing. Just go 150 percent forward and then see what happens. Right. Yeah. And and then uh, then decide, <clears throat> you know, whether or not it works, whether or not it doesn't work. And if you think about it. <clears throat> It, you really have to have an open mind to be able to be that vulnerable. Otherwise you're just looking for reasons to support your cognitive bias. You know, yeah. I know this isn't going to work because it makes me uncomfortable and I don't want to be uncomfortable. So I'm going to find I, reasons not to do it. Exactly. I want, I'm going to find just enough evidence to prove that I was already right. And I don't have to change what I'm doing. Yeah. And in that kind of situation, I promise you this, you're going to be right every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So is it getting into growth? Is it, is it improving your, the competitive competitiveness of your art or no? And, mm-hmm. uh, and these guys just did it. And then, Hey, they, they, I mean, we just, it, they, they were like, okay. Like, and so we're, and we, I wasn't like necessarily telling them what notes to play or whatever, but mm-hmm. I'm telling them like, Hey, put this feel on it. Don't put the passing tones here, you know, save that for, the transition into the chorus, right? It's going to mean more. These three notes are going to mean more if we don't play them, if we just keep right. this groove going in the verse and, you know, that kind of thing. But it, mm-hmm. we can go into that for hours. But <laughs> anyway, um, today we're actually going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about the expanding universe for indie artists. We're going to talk about um, why now more than ever you can make a living being an artist, and how this is just the beginning, like it's just starting to really, really blow up. And we're going to bring some evidence to the table and we're going to go deep into some uh, two different articles that I've already posted in the climb community. Some people have read them and commented to a bunch of people, probably most people haven't. So that's why I wanted to do it in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, let's take care of a little business. Uh, yeah. The Climb Podcast, as always, is proud to partner with disc makers who have been supporting indie musicians like you before any music was even a thing. So when you're ready to make CDs, DVDs, vinyl, or distribute your music and videos with customized USBs, discmakers.com, D-I-S-C-M-A-K-E-R-S, discmakers.com is the place you need to go. That's right. And while you're there, click on the guides and resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and for studio veterans. You can find them online at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. Awesome. And hey, you heard us talk about the climb community. If you haven't joined it, please do so. Search for it on Facebook. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in. And there's like every week, there's more and more action going on there. Like people asking mm-hmm. questions. Uh, I came in on a real heavy answer with, uh, before that's another thing I want to cover like in a future episode actually. But um, mm-hmm. like just honest questions and people just coming in with really good 
solid support. Yeah, um, that's great. And some of it's like about songwriting. Some of it's about marketing and being an artist. And some of it's just about being a vulnerable person. And like, what, how do I keep going on this? Like, yeah. am I an idiot? You know, nope. Just keep going. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's really good, man. Uh, also subscribe to the podcast. Uh, make sure you get all those episodes in order. You can consume them as you wish, whenever you want. They'll be right in your podcast player. Take 30 seconds and leave a five-star rating and review. Let other people who are thinking about taking us on know that it's a worthwhile exploration and that they're going to get some value out of it and then finally i i mean the best thing you could do for brent and i to the best compliment is to share it put it on your social media tell a friend like hey this is good stuff like there's something out of all these episodes there's something in there that you're going to find that's going to make it worthwhile and typically when we find we get that recommendation right mm-hmm. from from somebody like you, then uh, the other person ends up like getting into it and then they go like deep down the rabbit hole and they're yep. binge listening to lots of different stuff and getting excited and wow, okay, now I'm starting to be able to think about a strategy and see what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. so that's cool. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Yes. Um, guys, the, the, I know a lot of people out there are, um, you know, how's this going to happen? How am I going to make money? Like how it just seems when you get, when you have your moment of doubt and Mm -hmm. if you're like me, you probably have that moment multiple times a week (laughs) (laughs) and you're not above it. I mean, even Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt. Well, that was uh, a movie about Francis Ford. Anyway, no, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, here's some stuff that you've got to rely on. Just sometimes you got to get out of the mucky muck. Sometimes you get out of the, you know, out of the forest and rise up above it and look at the whole, the whole um, outlook, the whole what, what's going on, what's really happening right now. Um, according to estimated figures, this was published in uh, Music Business Weekly, uh, January 8th, 2019. So this is fresh. <clears throat> according mm-hmm. to the estimated figures published by Media Research, which is probably one of the main go-to research places for music industry statistics. Um, I bet you they do a lot of other stuff too, but I just know them from the music industry. Um, the total revenue generated by self-releasing artists in 2018, that's you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, $643 million hmm. last year. Here's the, here's the big thing. That's up 35% from the year before 2017 when that number, the total revenue generated by self-releasing artists was $472 million. Wow, that's a big jump. That's a huge jump. But, Johnny, I thought streaming was killing everything. No, it's, listen, there's <laughs> lots of really good complaints about streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. we're going to dive into that a little bit more too. And they're valid and they're real. But what you're witnessing, I promise you. And by the way, I, th- I feel like, I'm not saying this to be braggadocious, but I feel like almost every prediction that we've talked about in this podcast it's, it's begun to like started to come to like there's evidence that the that mm-hmm. we are exactly on the right track, um, and it's not because we're geniuses or we have crystal balls. We're just looking back at every other industry and how they dealt with the disruption of the internet, mm-hmm. and they all shook out the same way with lots of different details and lots of different products and services and mm-hmm. customers and all that. But <clears throat> the creators of the product or service end up doing business directly with the end user. That's the airline industry. Didn't used to be. That's the automobile industry. 
Didn't used to be. That's the electronics industry. Didn't used to be. Um, you know, on and on and on and on and on. And now slowly but surely, you're starting to see it happen. We just saw uh, an article that I, po- I think I posted yesterday on my Facebook that um, NBC is, everybody's like, watch, I think it was The Office. Like, watch The Office on Netflix as much as you can now because NBC is going to pull it and put it on their own streaming service. <laughs> right so netflix is kind of like tv or movies answer to spotify right yeah. they were doing what the networks weren't doing which is we're going to create a relationship with the end user mm-hmm. get this huge audience and then we're going to license your stuff and we're going to charge for it and we're going to make money and yeah. but uh unlike um spotify they understood at an early age that okay we are building a whole business model based on intellectual property that we don't own Right. Uh, so we need to make some, and in less than in the last decade, Netflix has become one of the major players in uh, in Hollywood. You oh, know, yeah. so so there, you know, a call from Netflix about getting your pilot done just as good, if not more mm-hmm. powerful, than a call from NBC, CBS, ABC. HBO mm-hmm. and, and, and like HBO, unlike the networks, you can be risky and do better stuff, right? right like yeah. You don't have to conform to the FCC rules and you can be edgy and um, mm-hmm. more real and more gritty. Um, the difference between like a business model in TV or movies versus a business model in the music industry though is the cost of the product. <laughs> yeah. So it's easier for Netflix to do that than it would be for Spotify to do that because I mean, there's millions of new releases every year and mm. there's, there's, I mean, it, you know, you can make a record in your basement, but yeah. the TV show production or movie production is millions of dollars. That's millions very of entry. Yeah. yeah. But even, so, <clears throat> even like Netflix, I mean, Disney streaming or Disney plus, I think they're going to call it, you mm-hmm. know, that's on the way. Yep, and Disney's like, why put our stuff on Netflix? So they're be they're pulling all their stuff. The Marvel shows are coming off, the, all that stuff. It's all going to be on Disney Plus, and they're creating their own original content for that stuff. They're having yep. like a you know Star Wars show that's going to be on there, and the Marvel shows, and, and of course all their other stuff they've already put out. Disney's like, why go through? Why give Netflix that money? Yeah, and they're buying Fox. They're going to have a huge catalog. Because by the way, like. It, you know, before Netflix started coming up with its, with its own content, mm-hmm. nobody was going to Netflix for Netflix. No. They were going to Netflix to find their favorite show from NBC right, or their exactly. favorite movie from Disney or their favorite, you know, like, because it was there. And that's what's going on with Spotify. You see how this is unsustainable, people? Unsustainable. Like, mm-hmm. Spotify, can't, something's going to have to change. I'm not saying Spotify is going to go away, but I think the, that the, um, either a label's going to buy them Mm-hmm. Or they're going to buy a label or yeah. they're just going to become a service, right? I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Daniel Eck made, what, $800 million in a day when they went public? He doesn't give a crap. What happens? <laughs> like, he's going to be all right. Yeah, he can go start to go chase his next windmill if he wants to. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't matter. He doesn't matter to him what happens now. So, <clears throat> and the investors in Spotify all got paid. Everybody got paid now mm-hmm. when they went public, you know? So, uh, but the platform was developed. They helped popularize the platform mm-hmm. you know when you you talk about the law of you know research the law of diffusion it looks like or they some people call it the bell curve right mm-hmm. like the first people the first two and a half percent of the population are the innovators mm-hmm. the next uh 13.5 percent are the early adopters these are the people that take risks mm-hmm. these are the people that are that'll take that'll buy the very first iphone because it yeah. seems cool and they're going to deal with 
the, the hiccups, the bugs, yeah, and the hiccups and all that. But they want to be the first ones. They want to be the pioneers. Pioneers get arrows. Settlers that's, get homes. That's, that's right. And then, uh, and then when it hits the the um, the early majority, that's the beginning half of that bell curve where it shoots mm-hmm. up like a hockey stick. And that's ju- we just reached that on Spotify last year. Mm-hmm. Just last year, where the masses embraced Spotify. Mm-hmm. And so that number is going to keep growing and streaming, right? So now we've got Amazon music, we've got Apple music, we've got, you know, Pandora, there's other streaming mm-hmm. services, but now all of a sudden yeah, there's stuff I've never heard of. I got a royalty statement in the other day from ASCAP, you know, showing, you know, domestic and a bunch of streaming stuff. I'm like, <clears throat> right. Oh, that's still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. well, thanks for that five cents. I appreciate it. So I, I think that, um, that uh, this is important because, if you if if you understand and 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 Brett and I always we're always preaching to people, man, know how the business works. Become mm-hmm. a student of the game. Know how it used to work. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know how it used to work, then you don't know what's broken. And if you don't know what's broken, then you're spending time and money trying to, you know, turn on a car that doesn't have an engine in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wonder, wow, maybe if I just throw some more money at it and get a new PR company, do a new record and turn the key, it'll start up magically then. No. Right. And if you don't realize how it used to be versus how it is now, you may think that how it is now is how it's always going to be. Yeah. But if you realize, oh, it used to be this other thing. Now it's this thing. Oh, it may change again. Right. So, I, you know, the, 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 the cool thing about the people who came up, the stars who came up through the old music industry was that there was this massive machine. Uh, they just had to have talent, you know, like Bruce Springsteen would get signed. The first record would come out. And I'm using Bruce Springsteen as an example of the way most artists and the way most brand development worked for artists back in the day. Uh, first record's a loser right? Mm-hmm. Typically, you're going to come out, they're going to spend way more money making that record and promoting that record than they're going to get in return, but they believe that they can develop a brand name. Then mm-hmm. the second record comes out. Second record make, does better than the first record, and hopefully, hopefully, you make enough profit on the second record to cover the cost of making the second record, the cost of promoting the second record, and to pay off or make a big dent in what you owe from the first record mm-hmm. and it's the third record. That's the money maker because yeah. all the bills are paid and now we're just going to go and then you're, you're bigger than you ever were before. Mm-hmm. And that was the case. That was born to run, right? Third record. That was um, pyromania for Def Leppard. Third record. That was slippery when wet. Third record for Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. um, you know, on and on and on. Like this is the way it typically would work. Yeah. For most Thank- people, that was their first record. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first one that came into your awareness. Yeah, because you know why? You were part of the early majority and you weren't an innovator and Mm -hmm. you weren't a a pioneer, right? Yeah. Or an early adult. I was a baseball pioneer. It's our high school mascot. I was not a musical pioneer. Slippery Wind was the very first time I heard of. There you go. And so to that point. To that point, understanding how that works is like, you know, you're not always in the same place on the law of diffusion. Mm-hmm. for everything that you do. Right. You know, there's some stuff where you're like, oh, if you're like a guitar player and you get it right away when somebody comes out with this new widget for guitar and you're like, oh crap, that pedal, like I'm totally just came out. That's been out two days. I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hear a review. I don't need to, like, mm-hmm. I know what I can do with this and I want to do it. And now you're a pioneer, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe, you know, for streaming, you were, you waited a while. Like, the, like by definition, the early majority 
aren't going to make a move on something and spend money on something until there's enough reviews out there and there's enough mm-hmm. social proof mm-hmm. that it's actually working. Uh, people like us buy products like that. Yeah. That's the early majority, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if you look at, if you think about the bell curve in terms of some stuff we've touched on before with um, like the Nirvana record, right? When we talk about Seth Godin and the whole marketing thing, people like us, like artists like that, the mm-hmm. first 400,000 Nirvana records were bought by people who really liked freaking Nirvana that yeah. were early on. They were pioneers. They were early adopters. They mm-hmm. got them from the first record when they were on sub pop and they were on an indie label. And, and yeah. uh, you know, certainly a huge portion of that would be local, right? Mm-hmm. Seattle people um, right. would probably constitute the majority of that 400,000, you know? Uh, but then, you know, Nirvana, the, then, then the, the other 9.6 million records on that mm-hmm. Nevermind record, that was the early majority and the late majority. Yeah. Right. And they're not going to they're not going to buy that record until. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. they know a whole bunch of other people like it, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They're buying it to identify with people who like Madonna, Nirvana, mm-hmm. right? They're not the musicians. They're not the diehard fans. And that's another conversation we're going to get into in another episode. But um, I just want to point that out that this is, so this is what's, this is what's happening with streaming. And um, when you talk about the universe growing that much, hundreds of millions of dollars, from $427 million to $643 million in one year. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the thing with the old record industry, the downside was, and keep in mind, most record labels, most major record labels had an average of 500 artists that were signed across all genres, mm-hmm. and 5% of them made money. Yeah. Because... The only way that you could make money is how you got to get your stuff. You got to sell a boatload of records. And how do you sell a boatload of records? Get a bunch of spins on the radio and MTV. You've got to be exposed to a boatload of people. And the only way for the most part, I'm generalizing. I mean, Metallica did it like without radio. And so there's some bands that have done it without Mm -hmm. radio, but for the most part, 
the only way that you're going to get that kind of exposure is on a, a broadcast platform, radio mm-hmm. or TV. Right. And guess what? It's mathematically restrictive. <laughs> it's a bottleneck, right. There's only 12 songs an hour they're going to play. They're going to play mm-hmm. 25 songs a week. That's not a whole lot of room to get in. Yeah. So 95% of people who had a record deal in the history of record labels lost money. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, that's what made it a closed club. And that's what you always had to ask permission. You had to get permission from the record label to make the art. And then you had to make art that they deemed worthy, worthy, that was going to fit with their groove. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then that, and they're, and they're a publicly traded company. A&R. I mean, assumptions and restrictions, right? <laughs> that's right. And then, <laughs> and then what's next? Like you, then you've got to get, then the radio has to give you the bow, right? They got to give you the nod. Mm-hmm. And they're another publicly traded company that doesn't have anything to do with the record industry. Like yeah. completely separate companies, right? Mm-hmm. Like the revenue comes from completely separate places. Record right. labels get their money from, from distributors. That's who they get paid from. Mm-hmm. Radio station gets their money from advertisers. From advertisers. Yeah. They're, they're, dis, they're disparate companies that symbiotically work together. But if they don't like you, then the labels don't like you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's hard to do that. Like, I mean, ask a Florida Georgia line. <laughs> right mm-hmm. killer record awesome knockdown drag out smash hit song with Cruz, hit songwriter the pedigree everybody working on that project was famous awesome except for the band nobody cared no right. we can't sign this is gonna work not gonna work can't get on the radio Mm-mm. nope 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 and then they went and sold a hundred thousand copies everybody's like this is genius <laughs> right right and mm-hmm. that's and the perception changed it's all the production didn't change the songs didn't change the band didn't change it's just a perception. Mm-hmm. So, uh, guys, is the indie artist. The reason this number grew 35% because you don't need your permission. You don't need anybody's permission. Mm-hmm. You can make this record yourself. You better know how to make a record. We were talking about that at the beginning of this episode. Like, don't yeah. just press record and not understand why everybody doesn't get it. You right. probably need some more refinement. You know, yes. like you're probably still a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, then you don't need permission to get it in front of millions and millions of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just need a work ethic. And excellence. And I mean, excellence. That's, it's the good side and the downside of this. The good news is anybody can put out a record and start an indie artist career. The bad news is anybody can put out a record and start an indie artist career. So you got to cut through that. Yeah. And I'll tell you that. possible. People do it. So what does this mean? When I tell you this for indie artists, Brent, mm-hmm. $643 million up from $427 million. What does that mean to you as a songwriter? Um, it means that indie artists are more possible. You know, it depends on how much, how that pie is split. Is that among, you know, 5 billion indie artists, which we know it's not, but you know, it means that there's some other revenue out there. And especially for me as a guy that owns my own publishing, Every, mm-hmm. every sale comes right into my pocket. It mm-hmm. makes it more, you know, more attractive, more yeah. real, more, uh, you know, maybe I don't need Warner Brothers permission <laughs> to get a song on a record. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's still where the big money is. I mean, no doubt as a songwriter, the, the big money is, you know, your home run grand slam halftime Super Bowl performance is getting a radio hit by right. far. Yep. But hey, you can hit a lot of singles. Not radio singles, but you know, singles <laughs> about Moneyball. You know, we talked about that before. Yeah, indie artists that are just making money, and you can 
be a part of that. And it's streams of pennies, man. So um, the other article that I posted was um, Daniel Eck, who's the owner of Spotify, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the founder. He, he had a speech a while back. This also came out same day, January 8th, 2019, by the way, where he was trying to convince everybody that uh, streaming is becoming less dominated by mega hits. Hmm. So this is absolutely fascinating. Um, and I'm looking for the quote that I pulled here. Uh, here we go. So this streaming in the United States is up 41.8% in 2018 from 2017. Wow. Okay. That's massive. Okay. This is, this is the number that states, this is, this is the definition in, in, in the data language of what the early majority looks like on that Mm -hmm. bell curve, right? This is Mm -hmm. hockey stick shooting up. Okay. That's massive. So that means like people are understanding the platform and they're starting to get into it and use it and, and, and connect with it. Right. Um, that growth. So how many weeks in a year, Brent? 82. Okay. And so top 10 every week, except for leap year in which there's 52. That's right. So 52 weeks and every week is the top 10, right? Of songs that are streamed, the top 10 most popular songs that are streamed. Mm -hmm. So that would create the, you know, 520 most streamed songs, right? Yeah. I mean, if they're all different each week, which they won't, which they're not right there. So it's even less than that. Okay. Yeah. So this, this even adds more to what I'm about to drop. Okay. The growth, almost all the growth of that 41.8% more streams from 2017 to 2018 in the United States of America, almost none of that growth came from the top 500 songs. Interesting. What does that say to you? Uh, The long tail's getting a little fatter. Yeah. And and so the long tail for, there's, I don't know, a book by Chris Anderson. I think he, former editor or writer at Wired Magazine, talking about how there's, you know, we're now in the world of, of, bits not atoms right not physical mm-hmm. product but digital product and and so you have this long tail so we're talking about like the bell curve right you know most of your you have your hit acts way up at the top you know and then it slopes down and and you get less and less sales or less and less streams but that tail of that little thing where people just get a little bit of streams here and there it just kind of goes on forever <laughs> just about <clears throat> and, and I, so, so it's it's bulking up that back end of it where it's not the big hits but or maybe back catalog but it's not the the top ones well, it's, it's not the most streamed songs. It's not yeah. that, um, it's, not it's, that, it's not that like 41 million people started streaming Spotify that weren't streaming Spotify before and mm-hmm. they all like the same top 500 songs. Yeah. No, this means that the indie artists are getting more spins, period, mm-hmm. in the story. I mean, the quote from, I'm gonna, this is verbatim from the article. In other words, give or take a couple of billion streams, pretty much all of the growth in the U.S. audio streaming market last year came outside of the top 500 tracks, a.k.a. outside the weekly top 10 chart. There you go. So <clears throat> this means that, that, um, that, first of all, we have a platform that... Your, your understanding of Spotify and the power of Spotify is based on however long you've been using it, right? It's like it's came to America in 2011. It was invented in 2009. So it's a few years, 
You know, mm-hmm. maybe you've been on Spotify for f- five or six years. Maybe you're like that person, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're an early adopter, okay, or a, or a pioneer when it comes to that new technology. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, you've been, your experience has been watching a struggling new technology get adopted by the masses. Mm-hmm. Now it's adopted yeah. <laughs> and thriving, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're going to start to see stuff change. So back to the unsustainable uh, idea. So uh, last year you've read that the, the, the three major labels all got stock options from Spotify. When they went public, they each made about a billion dollars a piece of stock options. They cashed mm-hmm. those in. That's revenue that comes from sale of stock. That's not revenue. That's not cash flow like from from selling of the product. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's different right. investment money. That's counted differently uh, on the revenue. So when you hear that Sony music generated and Warner brothers also generated $1.5 billion a piece in streaming revenue last year, there's that's, that's their half of the split with Spotify. Mm-hmm. So that means that Spotify gen- generated $3 billion of revenue off of on Stuff that's Sony, attached, yeah. sound on Sony intellectual property. Yeah. On artists that are signed to Sony. So how much longer is Sony going to be like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's another $1.5 billion of revenue that was generated in this last 12 months by crap that we produced. Mm-hmm by product that we put together, by artists that we groomed, and then spent a fortune getting Mm -hmm. it in front of new eyeballs. And they're getting it? (laughs) Yeah. For what, Mm -hmm. a couple ones and zeros? I don't know. I think it's not going to last long before the labels start to do what Disney's doing and what, Mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to follow suit. And, and then, and they're going to screw it up, right? Cause they're going to find out that, you know, and just like the networks are going to find out and Disney and all those people are going to find out that everybody's not going to spend eight bucks a piece mm-hmm. to have, you know, I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars a month to have NBC, CBS, ABC, Spotify, or um, Disney, uh, HBO, Netflix, and, Hulu. Yeah. All that crap. Yeah. Hollywood. No, yeah. Uh-uh. like there'll be packs, packages will come into play, maybe mm-hmm. an aggregate sort of pipeline where, that could be what Spotify would become, right? Like here's Spotify's the shopping center that mm-hmm. you go to and they take a little piece. Like the flea market. Yeah, like a flea market. And you, you own can your say, booth, but you rent it from Spotify. But and, you get and, the profits and yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So right now, and, and so everybody's bitching about what they get paid in Spotify, understandably, because it's ridiculous, yeah. right? So in a way, you could make an argument that this was necessary. These ridiculously low rates were necessary, to uh, because of the audience that they bring and to allow them to make the money that they needed to make and to be sexy enough to the investors that we're going to give them the money that they needed to have mm-hmm. to launch the platform to th- for this long. Mm-hmm. I mean, they came out in 2009. They came to America, Spotify did in 2011. And just now, 2018, we hit the, the early majority and they went public and they're, they're, they're huge now. Mm-hmm. Okay. It took a long time and a lot of money and it had to be as cheap as it could be to create a new platform where people are the, the go-to place that they want to go and consume music. Yeah. Now, two things are going to happen. I promise you that when the labels take the, uh, take it back, right? Having a distributor, not part of the deal means they can pay more money. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And everybody's going to be like, well, they're big corporations. They're not going to pay more money. Well, what happens if they don't in a free market? Right. The customer can go somewhere else. Yeah. Then Warner Brothers is going to come in and say, well, Sony's only paying, you know, the same thing Spotify paid. We paid six times that amount. You mm-hmm. know why? Because we want good artists. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because it be, be, th- there's more power going to the artists now. Mm-hmm. There's more transparency in the way the business is done. So therefore, we can't do the crap in the record industry that they used to do. Mm-hmm. Be as shady as they used to be. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, we have, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the, the stage is being set for the artists, that, for the songwriters who have relationships with artists. Mm-hmm. They're going to make more money this year than they did last year. Yeah. Let's just say that, okay? For the uh, artists who have an audience, they're going to make more money this year than they did last year. There's a, and, and who are bringing their product to market, it's going to be set. And then there'll be a big bump because the pay will change. Because mm-hmm. somebody, that's going to be the next thing. Like, first thing is just let, it, let, let Daniel Ack and Spotify and all that whole mess, let them figure out how to make America and Europe and the world want to stream. Mm-hmm. Now we all want to stream, yeah. right? Okay, mm-hmm. Time, time's up. <laughs> you <laughs> did that with our, with using all my stuff, I'm going to take it all back now yeah. and make all the money. Thanks a lot. And he got paid. This isn't screwing Daniel Ack. He got paid, you know? Yeah. And then the free market, then, then they're going to start, how are they going to get the talent? Man, by paying him more money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And by generating that revenue. So, guys, the, the, that means, you know, Brent, your revenue is going to go up. Your songwriter revenue is going to go up. That does and, not hurt my feelings, Johnny. And so is the artist revenue. That's going to go up, okay? And, uh, it, it, and they're going to be more companies like myself. I mean, we're growing, right? So we're able to, you know, we're cooking up new ways to get, make an artist that's unfamiliar to a group of people familiar. Mm-hmm. that they like them and want to consume, get to know them. I love this music. This is great. Like we got it, but we know how to do that. Okay. So this is, you, just, let me interrupt for a second. You know, just, yeah. I'm just thinking about this cause I got, you know, an ASCAP statement in that I just looked at uh, recently and, and looking at, it was all this, you know, streaming stuff and there's stuff on there, you know, I've got a, um, a, like a bluegrass cut on a song. It's a really good song. It's, you know, a respected artist, but it, you know, it was years ago. I mean, probably going on a decade now. Still a little bit of money coming in from it. How hard have I worked on that song lately? Not at yeah. all. Mailbox money. It's mailbox. Yeah, and, and there's no record thing. cycle anymore, right? There's no record cycle anymore. So you could have a, you could have a cut out there 10 years old. Then all oh, of a sudden yeah. it's in the right playlist. All of a sudden, boom, you're making money. And it's quite yeah. like, oh, right? Or, That's cool. you know, they, they like this artist's new stuff and or it ends up on the right playlist or whatever. Yeah. And they like his new stuff. They go find his old stuff or they just go to that artist station or whatever and play. And it's in rotation. And it's nice how that stuff just kind of, you know, not change your life money. Yeah. But it all goes into groceries, but it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be better. It's going to be better because right now it's just everybody, everybody, songwriters, artists, Daniel Eck, investors, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. record business, we've all been paying through the nose mm-hmm. to finance essentially this transition to yeah. a new platform. And then it's going to, then we're going to boil it down again, you know, and the people who actually create the traffic, which are the people who own the intellectual property, that's record labels and indie artists, mm-hmm. okay, are going to be the ones who, who are going to take it back and say, you know what, I, I got power. Why would I... Create 
create a billion hits for you this month, a billion streams. It's going to make you $340 million on stuff that people want to find because I spent the money to make them want to find it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not, it's unsustainable that way. So I want to leave you guys with this. Um, there's a great book called The Outliers. It's uh, Malcolm Gladwell, incredible book. I highly recommend reading it. Uh, it has nothing to do with the music industry, but I'm going to make it have something to do with the music industry. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he argues, um, and this is me, um, it's been a while since I've read it. So um, uh, some of my brain is going into this statement that I'm about to make. I'm not saying that, Dan, that Malcolm Gladwell says it's verbatim, but to me, he talks about the difference between um, uh, old, like uh, medieval Europe and medieval uh, China um, okay. in, in the East, okay? And how, like in, like in the United States today and in Europe, in the Western cultures today, we have statements that are, um, I don't know if you call them proverbs or whatever, but we are, you know, we say things like God is good, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, God has a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very third party, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, God is looking out over us. Uh, those same deeply held belief, I mean, they've got their own religion in the East, right? Mm-hmm. If they're not Christian, they've got different religions over there. Yeah. But the, 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 the feelings, the sentiments are more um, on the person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a man, they say things like a man who wakes up before the sun and goes to sleep after the sun goes down never fails to make a man, make his family rich. Mm-hmm. Right. And he attributes that to, and this is just interesting. I want you guys to think about this because I think it pertains to um, indie artists. Okay. And artists and major label artists, but he attributes that to the different, the, 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 um, this, uh, what, do, what do they call the, the, the main food source, the, um, the staple Rice. Staple foods, right? <laughs> okay. So yeah. The staple foods in the West, the staple food in the West, which was used as currency, Oh yeah. Yeah. Was wheat. Mm-hmm. Right. And wheat, any monkey can make wheat. Like you mm-hmm. just got to plant the seeds in the ground. It, they didn't have sprinkler systems back in the medieval days. Just, you know, yeah. hope for rain. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, make sure you rotate the crop because reap deplete wheat depletes the soil mm-hmm. yeah. and you can't grow it two years in a row or you're going to ruin the soil. So, but anybody can do it. So back in those days, there was very much of a Lord and surf situation. The, the people, you know, if you've ever seen the movie, um, uh, what's the Irish movie with, uh, uh, he did the, uh, uh, the, the, the guy that was the anti-Semite or whatever. The, uh, um, Talking about Braveheart? Yeah, Braveheart. Yeah. Okay, so this is, Bra- this is Braveheart, right? So, like, they had lords Mel that Gibson. Owned- He's done so many movies, and that's Mel what Mel Gibson, yeah. Thanks. Anti-Semite. That guy. Oh, <laughs> Mel Gibson. Okay. Braveheart, yeah. Mad Max? So, okay. So, yeah. he, he does Braveheart, but that's, like, very much the times that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Like, these people work the land. They're serfs. They're slaves, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the lord owns the land. And, you know, when your daughter comes of age, the lord would come and, and sleep with her. And mm-hmm. you didn't have a choice. You don't have a choice. Like the world happened to you. Yeah. If you, if your staple was wheat back in the day, because he didn't, he could replace you in a heartbeat with somebody half as intelligent as you doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, so you need me more than I need you. I'm going to protect you from all these other Lords that want to come in and try to lay waste to these communities. I'm not going to let that happen. And, but I'm going to sleep with your daughters when they're of age and I'm just going to come by and do whatever I want and beat anybody. I'm killing anybody I want. And it's very tyrannical, right? It's Mm -hmm. horrible. 
Then you go to the East. The East, the staples rice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Rice, it requires a technician. Rice, to grow rice is extremely sophisticated. Okay. You have to take um, and fashion clay, like U-shaped things to go in those little rows that you put the rice plants in. And there has to be just the right amount of water in those little U-shaped little troughs. Okay. Mm -hmm. If there's too little water, the rice is going to dry up. If it's too much, the rice is going to drown. And every single day it has to be tended to weeded and all this stuff. Unlike wheat, every time you go through a round of growing rice, it actually enriches the soil. Mm -hmm. So you can just keep going and going and going. But because Um, it takes a lot more than a monkey to grow rice. Mm -hmm. They had the same situation in the East, right? Serfs and Lords, right? They had these massive, you know, you know, uh, people who, these landowners that owned it and, and each Chinese family would have literally like 150 square foot plot of land, which is about the size of a small hotel room. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like a motel six room. And, uh, and that's what they worked from their family. The problem is that, it, it, it wasn't easy, right? Like they had to work it every single day. And so they couldn't treat the, you know, the serfs or the slaves mm-hmm. the same way that they could in the West because they needed them just as much as the, mm-hmm. as the serfs needed the Lord, mm-hmm. the Lords, right? The, the Lords, I mean, saying the Lord, like the, they called them Lords, but the landowners, yeah. right? Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not talking about the Lord. The Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Lord. I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, so, so the, they would have to make business deals with them. Like, mm-hmm. here's the deal. You owe us for all this stuff and so we don't kill you, right? Mm-hmm. You owe us 20 bushels of rice a year and whatever you make after that is yours. Yeah. So that's the different philosophy, right? So they're, so they're working hard, getting up early in the morning, going to bed late at night, and then we satisfy mm-hmm. that 20, and the rest of that's us. That's money. They're growing money, mm-hmm. right? But they're doing it for themselves. They have leverage. They have a lot more leverage in that relationship. The subordinate people that didn't own the land had a lot more leverage with the landowner in a rice situation in, east, in the East than in a wheat situation in the West. And if you think about this, this is a perfect metaphor for the record industry. The way it used to be was the West, mm-hmm. right? The record label, like, like how many artists have you seen that like, were like, we felt like a slave, Mm-hmm. You know, the whole, it's all dark. You don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, Colin Ray sells 8 million records and still never freaking recouped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? Like, <laughs> it's $100 million <laughs> worth of freaking revenue. And, and they yeah. were trying to tell me they spent more than that to get Colin Ray out there. No, that's yeah. not what happened. So, but that's how creepy it was, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and they like, eh, they just treated you like trash, you know, I mean, like Prince printed slave on his face thinking about that, his yeah. name for like a year, because, mm-hmm. like just coming out against artists. Like it was, it hit all the way up to the top, mm-hmm. all the way down to the people who just got signed. But now what's happening? Y'all just became rice farmers. Mm-hmm. Y'all just figured out that, you know what, the harder I work, And the more responsibility I take for my little 150 square feet of space right here, the more money I can make for myself. And I have the way to do it. I don't need permission from my Lord to do this or to do that. I don't need to get on the radio. I don't Mm -hmm. need to, to, I, I don't have a physical distribution issue. I don't have to trust some guy over in some country in Europe that I've never been to who says, you know what? We just didn't move a whole lot of units. So yeah, 
Sorry. And you, you have no way of verifying that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the way it used to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so the whole trust but verify thing is there. It's digital. You can get in front of people. You can become the rice farmer. And it's a growing market big time, mm-hmm. big time. Streams yeah. grew 42% in the United States alone. Yeah, that's great. 42% more revenue that was generated in the United States on streaming from the advertisers and from the, the subscribers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the amount of revenue generated by self-releasers is up 35% from the year before. So what's going to happen next year? Are you in or are you out? Mm-hmm. Right? You just got to get it's, – it's the same thing, guys. Just get your art and yourself, the artist, in front of new eyeballs and, and do your thing. Make sure it's competitive. Make sure you know what you're doing. It's not rocket science. And, and, and now it's not breaking down. It's growing. Yeah. It's growing. So get on it. So if you're worried, if you're on the fence, if you're not sure, get your head in the game. Figure out how to play it. Be a student of the game. Don't be a moron. Don't mm-hmm. be, there's no excuse for not knowing because mm-hmm. there's YouTube, everything. Google, everything. You can find most of your answers there. And then, mm-hmm. you know what? Pay a little money and find out the more detailed, granular stuff about how it would apply to you. That's worth it. That's an education. You know, yeah. figure out how to do it and then do it and then work. Work as hard as you do at your day job. So that's all I got to say about that. All right. Um, so, Johnny, if they want some personalized information from you and advice, what can they do? Okay, a couple things. So, number one, got a free download for you, 21 Reasons Why You Don't Have a Bigger Audience uh, and 21 Ways to Fix It. If you don't already have this download, it's a PDF. It's uh, extensive and super lots of value bombs in there. Just go to giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. Tell me what to send it. And we'll get that off to you and you can start, you know, on the broad strokes, you can start making sure you're approaching stuff right. Um, the second thing is consultation. You know, uh, it's, it's different for every single one of our artists. They have different things that they're bringing to the table that, that are valuable to the community, that are valuable to the consumers and to know how to exploit those the right way um, is the difference between generating cash flow and, and banging your head against the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so e- email us at info at daredevilproduction.com. Production is singular. There is no S. Info at daredevilproduction.com. Put consultation in the subject line. And uh, I promise you the needle's going to move. We'll put together a, a strategic plan for you that's customized and you will start to grow your audience. You'll see immediate results. And uh, I think that's going to get you you know, on the right track and make sure that you're spending every penny that you got to spend and every precious second that you've got to spend uh, actually getting into growth, you know? So um, that's it guys. Join the climb community, subscribe to the podcast, leave a five star rating and review and share this stuff. If this is important, if people need to hear it, put it on your social media, Uh, tell a friend about it and let us know. Um, We're here because we want you to win. So keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 